Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. This podcast has been sponsored by WorkReduce. If you want to reimagine how to work in advertising, check them out at workreduce.com forward slash careers. All righty. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Everybody listening, joining via YouTube. And Isabel, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Very excited to be part of the, your podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you. It's like almost having like a celebrity on the podcast, okay? <laughs> uh, but before we get into today's conversation about Canela Media, about your efforts into our industries, highlighting U.S. Hispanic, CTV with all the good stuff, you know, the less interesting conversation. Can we find out a little bit more about who you are, your journey to where you, you've been and how you started? Sure. Um, as you can tell by my heavy accent, and for some reason, he's just here to stay. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Mexico City, but I moved to San Diego, California uh, when I was 15 years old. So I don't know why I still have an accent, but for some reason, it kind of gives me credibility in my industry, I think. So it's not <laughs> too terrible. I like it. Uh, so. <laughs> so I'm Mexican, uh, but been raised here in the States, went to school here, now mm-hmm. living in Connecticut. And the personal side, I'm a mother of four, three boys, right. one girl. So that keep me very busy. I've been <laughs> always focused in media and always focused in the Latino market. I'm very passionate about our audience and, and of media. So I started my career working with the big broadcasters, Univision, Telemundo, did a little bit of time in newspapers and always hyper-focused in digital media. And that allowed me to find, to be very like discover a lot of technologies from the infancy and and see them growth and see the opportunities and understand how our Latino audience was acting and and reacting to to those technologies. One of them was mobile. Mobile advertising has always been very close to my heart. And I realized that was uh, as mobile started growing, how our audience had leapfrog desktop adoption and really, really were keen on mobile. So that Put me to launch my first work and launching the first company I was part of, which was AdsMobile. I was a second employee in, and I saw that company grow from the bottom up, and it was very rewarding to see the growth. Yeah. And when you see growth, you become hooked to it. <laughs> and that was my journey to start my entrepreneurship career. I realized I love starting products. I love seeing the growth, and. Yeah, full passion on that. So after that, I launched my second company called Mobius Media, which was a data-focused company in mobile, trying to identify Latinos beyond language. And I got acquired by a public traded company called Prisa. Ran that company for three years. Wow. And then I realized it cannot be done there, right? I I wanted to start my third baby. I call Uh them babies. Hmm. And that's what brought me to Canela. I saw a huge opportunity in the market. I realized, um, although there was all these headlines out there saying streaming wars, streaming wars, I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah, there might <laughs> be streaming wars out there, but yeah. hey, I'm a Latina. I don't see that streaming wars affecting me. Now let's take a quick break to hear more about our sponsors. 
our sponsor, WorkReduce, is the secret weapon used by the market's top agencies and brands. Their specialist talent and media services help brands and agencies grow and scale faster. One of the fastest growing services offered by WorkReduce is their service desk. It provides flexible, on-demand media buying, ad operation, and analytics support. Many of the world's biggest brand and agencies use WorkReduce in time zone service desk as an extension of their in-house media team. With an easily deployable operation playbook, process automation, and a high quality reputation, their service desks will provide the expertise and precision to take your digital operation to the next level in 2022. Covering ad trafficking, campaign setup, QA, optimization, and campaign analytics, your internal resource focus on the activities that count the most while WorkReduce Service Desk takes care of the rest. Check out WorkReduce.com for more information on their ad operations service desk and tell them Ellen sent you. Now back to the episode. I don't see a lot of options. I don't see high quality content reaching me. There is a segment missing. And then I was like, we need to launch a platform for streaming fully dedicated to the Latino audience. And it has to be free. One of the key things is like, there's a lot of subscription companies out there, but our audience wants a free product. Uh, Credit card penetrations with uh, Latinos is lower than any other group. So they're not always being reached by those uh, subscription-based streaming services. So that was the beginning of Canela. So Canela launched in May 2019 in the middle of the pandemic. And since then, it's been a, an amazing journey. Wow. Well, uh, according to eMarketers, I think they said that what streaming increased by 200% month of a month during the pandemic or something like that. Like people were streaming from an average of, I think it was two to three hours to what? No, to an average two to three hours to six hours a day or eight hours a day or something like that. Um, we had some of the folks from Spot X come on. And uh, that's how I remember when she shared some of this data. I was like, wow, people are streaming. Uh, well, they're home. They're home. You know, we're using, we're depending on Wi-Fi. We were talking about it before we started recording. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think there was a very humble, this was a very humble introduction. Uh, I think Canela Media, according to my research, is an industry-leading Latina female-owned digital media company. And uh, in specifically in CTV, as you said. And so I'm super excited to talk to you. Like I said, I think you're very, very badass and and you're like a unicorn. That's like my way of saying you're amazing. And I cannot uh, wait to talk to you about the conversation today about, you know, the the streaming wars. So you started your company um, because you saw an opportunity to reach a market that wanted to be, you know, to wanted to stream, but it was not relevant. Some of the TV information was not really relevant to the, to the Hispanic market you mentioned. So talk to us about how you implemented just that in terms of, obviously, you know, the market, but for some people that are maybe not in, in the known of the market, how can they do it correctly? How can they reach this market uh, via working with you or just right now as a implementation to do? 
Great questions. I think that was for the opportunity. One of the main reasons where the opportunity emerged, working very close with that agencies and clients mm-hmm. in the media space, everybody was asking, can we do video in long form? Can we do advertising? Can we run B-roll, mid-roll? Mm-hmm. And the answer for the longest time, there was like, there's not such thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's not inventory. I can find you inventory in short form video, maybe run something in websites. But if you're looking mm-hmm. for long form of advertising a video, there's there's no inventory out there. There's nobody providing that. And after years of saying that, I'm like, hold on a second. How can there no be long form for Latinos? You cannot tell me Latinos are not watching TV. You cannot tell me <laughs> Latinos are not streaming. There's 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 a problem here. So what so based on part of that insight, help us realize, okay, we know Latinos are early adopters of technology. We know they're streaming a higher percentage than many other groups. Mm-hmm. That they are in, they have their mobile phones, they have smart TVs. So we know we can get to them. So now let's look at what's available in the market. What are options they have? So uh, historically, there's been two major players in broadcast. You have your Univision, Telemundo. What kind of programming are they offering the audience? Well, it tends to be yes, it's in Spanish, but it's very Mexican American content. And we're like, okay, there's something missing here too. It's a lot of advertisers, because they're being taught to believe this way. You create an ad in Spanish and you focus on the Mexican-American audience and you can clean your hands or you just utilize the same ad and just dub it to, it to Spanish and that's it. But the Latino community is so much more complex with that. And with that mentality, you cannot think everybody's Mexican-American. <laughs> Although I am Mexican-American, right? <laughs> 60% of the population, Latino population today is Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. 40% are not. And it depends on the areas of the country that you focus. Let's say if you're thinking New York City, you're going to see a very heavy Puerto Rican population. Yeah. So if you go with that mentality, you're missing a big percentage. Of, you're isolating a big percentage of the Latino population. So with that, we're like, okay, they're being neglected. Other segments of the Latino community they are actually growing faster rate than the Mexican-Americans. So we don't know Venezuelan immigration. We know Puerto Ricans are growing very quickly. So these segments are growing faster than Mexican-American. We need to provide them programming that reflects their needs. So with that, we went ahead and say, let's not only focus on Mexican-Americans, let's not ignore them, of course, but let's go and go all over Latin America and create one of the largest libraries of Spanish content that has content from Argentina, Colombia, Puerto Rico. So mm. when people come to a platform, you're like, wow, really? I've never seen Dominican baseball mm. available on a platform because, yes, I love baseball, but I cannot find it anywhere. Or my, I'm from El Salvador. I never can see my soccer games from El Salvador. Oh, wow. So with okay. that reality, we carried a huge library. So now when brands work with us, we're able to say, okay, who are you trying to reach? Or who you should be reaching? How you should speak to them mm-hmm. to be to really be attractive because advertising is about persuasion. Yep. So if you're trying to use the same message for everybody, how persuasive can you be? So while we put a lot of emphasis is working very well with brands, understanding which sub-segments of the Latino community are gonna be the best for their specific product. And with that, we put our team that is very diverse. We have Puerto Ricans, Brazilians, and then they're able to say, look, this is the way you should speak to them. We should think about this tactic. We should be surrounded by this content. So no no plan working with us look the same, but it's really specific to that 
uh, advertise. I think it's as it should, especially now. I mean, we we talked about the pandemic. The pandemic showed us how we can no longer just throw something and throw some brand, brand awareness and try to figure it out who's going to catch it, you know? This is not a guess. This is not hope marketing that we're doing. We have technology to allow us to be so relevant. So why not use it? But at the same time, like you said, you have a team that really represent the audience that you are targeting. And that says a lot about your company and the success of your company. And so because I'm very data-driven, Um, can you share maybe, I don't know if case study is the proper word, but, um, maybe a case where you had a brand, you don't have to share the brand unless you want to, but where you had a brand reach out or an advertiser reach out, uh, for, um, a specific targeting opportunity. And then with your theme, they were, uh, able to accomplish six X of their return of ad spend, or I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, we have amazing advertisers. So and I tell them <laughs> I'm very proud of all the campaigns they're doing because they're unique. They're not just throwing something out there and seeing if it gets the right audience. One of those advertisers that it has been fantastic working with is Target. Nice. Target has been Target. one of those clients that really thinks in how to make a message compelling. And they came to us very early on and said, look, we want to reach Latinos in an authentic way. We want to add value. We not only want to throw our message saying, come and buy our product, but we want to also provide something back to them. So we work very closely with them and their agency. And we came together with a plan that we realized where is avoiding the market and where can target at that value. And one of them was the representation in the screen. There's very few representation. Latinos overall are underrepresented in the big screen. But then if you look at subsegments, one of them is Afro-Latinas. Afro-Latinas is very hard to find content where you see an Afro-Latina being the lead yep. person. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's like, Target's like, that's incredible. Here's an opportunity. So we found this amazing inspirational series that is called La Mama del Diez. Where is the what story is of La Mama del Diez, mom oh. of number 10. Okay. So La Mama del Diez is an inspirational story of an Afro-Latina Mm-hmm. who gives everything to his child to ensure he can follow his passion, which is becoming a professional soccer player. Nice. Okay. So through her sacrifice mm-hmm. and through this inspirational story, he gets him to be this amazing soccer, professional soccer player. So Target brought for the first time ever in the United States has this series was top series in, in Colombia, never been seen here, brought, sponsored the series, paid wow. for the content and brought it to the audience. Mm-hmm. And it really was eye-opening because, again, coming to the mentality that usually the content was always Mexican-American, it was very different to bring an Afro-Latina to the screen and make it the main series, right? Yeah. For a platform. Yeah. It became the most viewed series in Canela. It was an absolutely hit. And for what, what it meant for Target is their brand was everywhere saying, with this amazing, compelling story, yeah. we are... Sorry, do you? No, I was saying like they're supporting something that is not, you know, popular or w- widely seen where it should be. So that's awesome. That's so really cool. There's and then there's other. I mean, just just how we're thinking with these brands. The other thing is like, let's think about a second a, a mom, right? A Latina mom 
they come here. One of the things with their huge movement of retroacculturation, which means we want our kids to be more Latino. We want our kids to speak Spanish. When before it's like you try to simulate, you don't want anyone, your kids to know Spanish. You want just them to blend in. Now there is like, hey, I'm proud to be Latina. I want my kids to be more Latinized. I want them to learn their language. So with that, we're like, how do we support those moms that are going through that journey to ensure their kids speak Spanish? And we're like, let's look at the most viewed series out there for kids. And one of them is Ryan's World, amazing influencer out there for kids. And it's seen by all the kids. And, and we're like, why did we bring Ryan's World for the first time in Spanish? Wow. Okay. So Target's like, we love that. Let's do it. So we dubbed the series of Ryan's World to come exclusively to Canela in Spanish to support those moms in that journey, ensuring their kids are enticed to learn Spanish because now their favorite uh, character is available in Spanish. And the mom is going to tell him, you want to see Ryan's World? You see it in Spanish. So No, I can relate. I'm a mom of a toddler. Uh, her name is Jade. Um, my first language is French because I'm originally from Senegal and we speak French. So it was extremely important to me that she speaks French and she understands and speaks French right now. Um, but she's been, she's, she's been speaking more um, Franklish. So she'd <laughs> say the word dog, but then she'll make the woof sound in French. And in French is whoa, whoa. So she'll be like dog, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> or like she'll combine the word water and uh and oh and then she'll say wow and so um so she's been like mixing some words but it's been very challenging to to find french content and i have to i had to do some serious some serious research because you know the peppa pig the, there's a lot of like shows that are translated mm-hmm. uh, and not to talk about peppa pig but those shows i'm not i'm not a big fan of the content just yet, at least for her age. And so there's only a handful of shows. And now she's obsessed with Elmo. <laughs> but um, but anyway, so so I understand, so I understand why, and I appreciate it, even though I don't speak Spanish, I appreciate it uh because I'm a mom and I can relate. And uh, because my parents they move from another like from Cape Verde. So originally I'm from Cape Verde, it's Portuguese island in West Africa, and they speak Creole Portuguese. And so they, my grandparents moved from Cape Verde to Senegal and then had my parents there. But because that generation wanted to like assimilate, like you said, they didn't teach us, the kid, the language, the way it should be. So now I'm telling my mom, you only spoke, you know, X amount of Creole and I'm not speaking it very well when I'm Cape Verdean. So now this language is dying with me and my and my kids' generation. So how can we do it? And there's almost no, there's almost no content for Creole. So I have to get even more creative when it comes to that. Um, but I appreciate that you saw a problem and you were not afraid to jump on it and provide a solution. And I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing this. I don't know how many times you've received a thank you, but thank you for doing this for the community. <laughs> Our pleasure. Um, Our pleasure. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the Reach Frequency, which is a course you have asked me for, okay? And I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you. Why should you even consider? And then I'm already pretty aware of what's going on for my advertising. I love your podcast content. This is where I'm here. 
cool, great. But you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start, right? Most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner or a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the, the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the, actually the only way to get training nowadays? If for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to, for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and, and, and really what to look for. So the Reach and Frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department if you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising. The Reach and Frequency course is for you. Okay, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for few for eight plus years, right? And I led teams. I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy implementing, executing, optimizing, and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there. Great. Don't only stop at with my course, continue training, because that's, that's, that's what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years and I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live. And now back to the episode. So, uh, so let's talk about projection before we talk about our closing segments. I'd love to, to hear from you projection for streaming uh, this year. Where do you think we're going with streaming um, in 2020 and 2021? I mean, percentage in streaming shut up, right? People were spending more time at, uh, at the house. Or, you know, not everybody were able to work virtually like the programmatic media world. Um, so what are your projections? Do you think we're going to continue seeing um, those numbers rise up or are we about to get to maybe, are we about to level up a little bit, even though it's pretty high Yeah, that's, I feel like it would still be safe. What, what are you, what is your take for 2022? What can we, we pull out of you? <laughs> I think it's too early to level up yet. I think okay. it's going to be super high hyper growth. Mm. So, and I think also, I mean, I'm, hyper-focused in Latino, but there, there's still a lot of opportunity in niche content, niche audiences that, and that's the beauty with uh, streaming. Streaming is able to provide those audiences very specific content. So if you're a, a, a yoga fanatic, now you can find content specific to you. If you're a Spanish prefer, you're going to find the content in Spanish. So I, as more content comes available and it's reaching audiences in really big passion points for them, that that viewership is not slowing down. We're very early on yet. And I think there's still a lot of growth coming our way. So, wow. That's and, wrong. So I think and 
Would you not say that with cookie deprecation happening, would you not say that you, it wouldn't, would it affect you? Because I'm assuming, so I think you have what, a hundred plus sites that you own? We have, there's two sides of our business. We have yeah. our streaming services where mm-hmm. we have Canela TV and Canela Music, which is a music platform. That's and then we true. represent the ad inventory exclusively of 180 websites where there are international websites that might not have Salesforce here in the US. So what we provide for them, we help monetize their programmatic inventory and we also help with direct sales. Gotcha, gotcha. So do you, how have you been bracing, if that's the proper word, but how have you been preparing your your uh, your publishers for the deprecation of cookies? But or again, is it even relevant for you because you you already have ownership over those those that data? How are you preparing for third party cookies going away? I think we're in a really good position because of that ownership of data That's and the, the already we're already hyper focused in very specific audience segments. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of our largest publishers called Marca.com. And Marca is all in Spanish, reaching just Latinos in the U.S., and it's all about sports. Hmm, okay. So you're already are reaching a very specific sub-segment, even mm-hmm. if you were not to lay your data. Got you it. just want to reach Latinos, you know you're reaching Latinos in that website, and you know you're reaching a specific sports uh, fanatic. So, And then all the ownership of the first party that they have. So I think those publishers, were because they're very specific in the content they provide and the audiences they serve, they they have a leg up to be able to still provide a very specific segments for advertising. Gotcha. Okay. So before we go into our closing segments, if somebody had to stop the podcast right now, what are three things you want them to remember about either Canela Media or about how to reach U.S. Hispanic audiences or multiple multi sorry multicultural audiences in the like in the right way what are three things you can share one size does not fit all we have to remember we cannot put all latinos in one bucket so <laughs> how you segment your segments the same thing you have to be very strategic how you reach those audiences authenticity is key. authenticity latinos can see through non-authentic campaigns <laughs> so be authentic and if you want to win, you have to be able to push boundaries. So sometimes not going through the cookie cutter approach, but willing to provide a, a service to the audience, serve that audience. So see where there is opportunities because there's so many opportunities right now on how to serve better this consumer. So own those experiences, own those opportunities and be authentic. And I think with those, if you're able to, to really think that way, there's a huge opportunity to make your brand stand out. And then also uh, the rewards are huge because you're going after a market right now that is not as bombarded as the general market. Mm-hmm. So there's huge opportunities to win. So not everybody's bombarding that. So if you're authentic and you have a right message, you're going to win a very loyal audience. I, I think that's, a great way to end. Um, and I want to I wanna define the word authentic because I think people just use it just to use it because it's cute and sexy. But being authentic is like undisputed origins, being truly genuine. And I'm pulling this definition from Oxford language, y'all. So it has to be for real, for real. Like it has to be real, true. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's all it is. And so... Sometimes you just cannot DIY 
this service, that means you cannot have somebody internally because that person knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that's Colombian or Mexican try to DIY the strategy. <laughs> this is why we have Canela Media for you to, first of all, is just going to take off some of the DIYs, but also to have a trusted source of authenticity to implement in your strategy. I, I it's, it's, you can learn new skill set, of course. I'm not saying that somebody that's non-Latina or non-Latino couldn't do it. But sometimes, especially in our day and age, you cannot afford to make a mistake <laughs> reaching certain audiences the wrong way. There's several examples you can Google out there. I don't even have to mention any. So partnering strategically, making that investment will save you time, will increase your revenue. And like you said, you'll gain, you know, you'll gain, you'll gain a little bit more because you've done it right. So Thank you so much for highlighting this because I don't think we talk about this very often. And so in our closing segment, I like to ask a couple a couple questions. So um, can you share, I mean, you just dropped a lot of fun facts, but can you share a fun fact about yourself that you haven't shared yet? <laughs> fun fact, oh my, I don't want to sound non-fun. So let me think very good of a fun <laughs> fact. Uh, yeah. Mm. You said you opened, um, you opened, well, you opened, I'm sorry, you founded quite a few, <laughs> quite a few successful business. Can you just share what, what did you, what did it take for you to do that from a general perspective? Because I'm sure there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, laugh that got into it. But it's it's very rewarding and refreshing to talk to somebody like you because you've done it really well over and over and over again. And you just didn't do it because you you had to or because whatever. You did it because you saw something and then you went for it. So talk to us about maybe your biggest motivation. Like what would be a why? Why did you do this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think if you have to be a little crazy, I do have to uh, say that because <laughs> okay. not anyone decides to jump. And when we say we just go, a little, you have to be, you have to have a level of craziness on you. And I think we do have is that it's a balance, right? Craziness and uh, enough uh, knowledge on what you're doing to ensure that you have a good, uh, good. ending to your thing. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just you just have to to i think for us we couldn't i could not afford to make a mistake wow and it sounds like and i, I know a lot of people i put everything on the line mm -hmm. so when i launched canela i knew in my gut i knew with the research that there was a huge opportunity and i was willing to risk everything and when i mean everything everything so talk about a stressful situation but knowing that you have put everything in a line to make something happen you're gonna ensure that it is successful so i think entrepreneurship is not for everybody you have to know what you want very clearly you are have to be willing to put everything on the line and then if you're wow. certain your your idea is right on point you just have to go for it Wow. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, you fall and then you go up again. It does not mean you're going to make another mistake. 
you better learn from that mistake. You better but- preach. Yes, that's great. I don't know how else how else we could end this this podcast because it was it was brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing. I don't think we hear this enough in our industry. Like you just got to go with it, and your mistake does not define who you are. It just meant it just meant you tried. You get up and you keep going and you aim higher this time, okay? And then I think it's a good reminder that it's okay to do certain mistakes, even if your boss is telling you you shouldn't have done it, right? It's okay. It's like, <laughs> uh, you just have to assume, you just have to implement to, you know, how am I not going to do it anymore? And then keep going. And I actually wanted to ask you, um, so I'm launching a course. It's called the Reach and Frequency course. And um I had a few people from Argentina and Venezuela and even Colombia reach out to me and say, hey, you know, we love your content. Do you have a course? So that's when I started talking about the course because a lot of people ask about it. But I don't speak Spanish and I'm not going to guess it and I'm not going to DIY it. So I, I hired a consultant that is in Venezuela to help me translate the course. Can you give me um, advice about you want, I want to make sure that to do this because I am not from there, obviously. So I'm putting my sole trust into this person, um, which mm-hmm. I trust 110%. So what would you be, uh, what is like a couple of advice you can give me on, on this project? I think if you find the right person to help you, right, and translate it, I think a lot of the platforms, when you're talking about rich frequency terms for digital, a lot of the countries are very, as we're all working in the same platform, digital platforms in general, if a lot of the terms are well known across countries. So you're like frequency is universal, like the concepts, you're not, you're not, it's not a different concept because you're in a different part of the world. Yeah. Everybody that's running digital media follow on the same concept. So you, you should be fine there. I think it's just having a good person that can translate correctly, but it's not only translating that understands the industry, because if you just do a word to another word, it might not make sense in the other language. So yeah, okay, cool. That reassures me because she she does work uh, one thousand percent in the programmatic media industry. It has like six years, seven years, and like I said, uh, I did. I, I was really careful because I I wanted to do it right. So mm-hmm. this whole this whole interview reassured me that okay. You're doing the right thing. Like you're not going to, you, you have to hire somebody that knows more than you. And that's also goes to anybody that's listening. Sometimes you just have to hire some help to get to where you want to get. Um, but, um, but thank you so much for dropping by Isabel. This was so amazing. If anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they do that? I'm always in LinkedIn. So you can use look for me in LinkedIn. And then also you can go to our company's website, canelamedia.com. And you'll find there how to contact us. Perfect, perfect. And all of Isabel's information would be in the show notes, in the description. And we'll make sure to add, um, you know, to tag her on all of the social media posts. So thank you so much for dropping by. We truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me.